Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. This may be the most uh, stacked Monday show we've had in a long time. A lot happened over the weekend, including a lot of things that happened this morning. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to pay very close attention to what's happening in China right now. China, damn, we got the border. Got the COVID credit. No, no, listen to me. I get all. We're going to get to all of that today. Spygate development that's going to blow your mind. The China property market is collapsing right now as you're listening to this show. I'm not kidding. Well, what does that have to do with us? Well, there's a reason our stock market is down at least right now, 500 points. They're going through their own housing crisis right now. It is a huge story. A little bit on that. And I want to get to a lot of stuff. A loaded show today. Please don't go anywhere. Uh, let's get right to it. Producer Joe is back yeah. and better than ever. Yeah. Yes, he was reconstructed like the six million dollar man on Friday. He is now. I'm just kidding. It was a minor thing, yeah. but he is back, and it's good to have him. So, welcome back, Joe. And conveniently, with cyber attacks on the rise, protecting your data security is more important than ever. So, why is Congress considering a law that puts your data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill shifts billions in consumer spending to less secure payment networks, all so that corporate mega stores can make bigger profits. Don't let Durbin Marshall steal your data. Visit handsoffmyrewards.com/security and tell your senators to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Paid for by Electronic Payments Coalition. All right, Joe, let's go. Okay. Joe's got three days cooped up. Yeah. I had to do the Kenny Bell on Friday. Oh, I love the Kenny Bell. Yeah, I like it too. Candidly, it's, yeah, I know you do, but it's, it's not the same. So just quickly on this China thing. China built a bunch of housing, and because they're communist central planners who couldn't figure out how to price a baseball card, no less how to price um, an entire national real estate market, they built a bunch of homes and houses that nobody went to live in. Um, other people never lived in them and bought them to speculate. Some people lived in them and bought them for overinflated prices because the government told them they were overinflated prices. Then the government tried to cool it down, and they were, there, were, there were billions of dollars, not hundreds of millions of dollars, uh, in each locality of bad debt. China's in a world of trouble. Pay very close attention to what happens today as their property market collapses right now in live time. It's happening. Um, before I get to the invasion at the southern border and an explosive Spygate development, hat tip our friend Fool Nelson on social media. Yeah, he does great work there, too, along with many others. I was watching a, um, a documentary this weekend. I was watching a documentary about the 1986 New York Mets, as recommended by uh, producer Jim. They won the World Series that year. It's the famous Mookie Wilson, Bill Buckner game. And I always felt bad for Bill Buckner. He had a great career, and he should not be defined by one mistake. Can you imagine that? Anyone else remember the ball went through his legs in the last inning? And I watched that game. I was at uh, this guy, Phil, who was a friend of my. I was very young at the time. I was only uh, 12. But I was at this guy, Phil's house. 1986 World Series, Game 6. Mets win in, in what, the most incredible comeback in World Series history, in my opinion. And uh, I watched it. And I was a Yankees fan, but... You know, the Yankees weren't in the World Series, and I was a New Yorker, and I certainly didn't like Boston. So I watched that game, and I remember when Mookie Wilson hit that slow roller and Buckner missed it. I remember just in this house, this guy Phil's house in, uh, in Glendale, up in Liberty Park, up on the hill, as we used to call it, and just going crazy, running around the neighborhood. I mean, it was late at night when it happened. It was such a powerful moment for me, such special memories when I was a kid with sports and my dad and other people. And I'm just so angry at what you all took from me in sports. The NFL, the NBA, even MLB, going woke. You stole it from me. You stopped entertaining and playing sports and things we all collectively loved, and you divided us. I'm really angry about that. I remember this weekend the feeling of watching that game. I wasn't even a Mets fan, and the elation and the collective joy with a group of people I felt. And again, I'm not even a Mets fan. And I'm so angry you took that from me. All right, moving on. Uh, just quickly, folks, there's an invasion going on at the southern border right now. This is no longer in dispute. Bill Malugin from Fox News has been taking video down there all week. It is a legitimate, full-blown invasion right now. It's not just southern and central American states. We now have people coming from Haiti all over the world to basically line up at our southern border and demand to be let in. 
What else would they be doing down there? Here's video from Bill Malugin. This is deeply disturbing. I want you to check this out. For those of you uh, listening, you can watch that on Rumble, rumble.com slash Bongino. You'll see it. You can also see it on Bill Malugin's social media feed. Uh, you know, it's interesting. During the Depression, we had shanty towns that were, uh, that were built up all across the country. During the Depression, they called them Hoovervilles. You know, it's fascinating now that nobody calls these in the media Bidenvilles because that's exactly what they are. We have people. There's, there's tent cities sprouting up everywhere. It's just really stunning and astonishing that Joe Biden's been gotten been given largely a pass from the mainstream media. How is this not an invasion, by the way, at the southern border? The answer is it is. And I want to hat tip Chip Roy for bringing this up in his social media account, who's a congressman from Texas, who pointed out that, as you can see here, Article 4, Section 4 of the Constitution, the United States shall guarantee to every state in this union a Republican form of government and shall protect each of them against invasion. What's going on here? The Biden administration is ignoring the Constitution again. Ironically, legal immigration at the southern border, especially at the Del Rio uh, point of entry, which I mistakenly, by the way, you have to correct yourself when you say something wrong. Del Rio, I said in my interview with Alan West on the radio show, was not a port of entry. It is a port of entry. Forgive me, my mistake. Um, I don't know how that slipped past me. But Del Rio is a port of entry. The legal port of entry in Del Rio, Texas, has been shut down. So the great irony here, the most disturbing, troubling irony here is that legal immigrants and people crossing the border to engage in commerce with actual documents are now shut down from entering the United States from Mexico while people here illegally are amassing on the border, invading our sovereign space with no intentions whatsoever of going through the legal process again. Tell me how this isn't the greatest screw job of all time against legal immigrants. I'll wait. Of course, you can't tell me that. All right, I want to move on to the Spygate case because this is uh there was a major, major break in the Spygate case. As you well know, it's something I've been covering for a long time. Again, is something going to happen? Is Hillary Clinton going to wind up in jail? Jim Comey? I sincerely doubt it. I can't say this enough. Nothing or I'm just a guy, folks. I don't have some superhuman powers. I don't have an extra super thick skin, only to liberals. But when conservatives, you know, attack on social media and other places and they don't know what they're talking about, especially when it drives me nuts. I'm not going to lie to you. And one of the things that drives me crazy is when they associate me with other people in the commentary space. And they say, oh, Dan Bongino, he keeps leading us down the road, telling us everybody's going to be prosecuted. Nobody's telling you that. No. Is everybody got Guy Do You got that? Joe, is that clear? Clear. I'm not telling you that. that. Thank you, buddy. That is not this show. That is another show. I don't know what show you're talking about. I have zero faith in the DOJ at all. Everybody tracking? I'm not telling you that. I am, however, telling you that the arrest on Friday, uh, excuse me, the indictment on Friday of Sussman was not insignificant. You can say that all you want. It wasn't. It was a big deal. Is it, is it going to lead to Hillary going to jail and others, people who de I believe deserve to be fully investigated for this? I don't know that. But there was a huge break also this weekend. Hat tip Fool Nelson who discovered it on social media. Listen, don't get lost. In, they use these names for a reason. There are a bunch of internet sleuths who have done a far better job in the mainstream media about breaking the Spygate case open. And the reason they don't use... Uh, they use numb the plumes instead is probably because there's a threat of being canceled immediately by media peepee -pee tape hoaxers. But here's the break. So the whole strategy in the in the setup and framing of Donald Trump for collusion with Russia was to flood the zone, folks. I've said this often. Flood the zone with a bunch of tips to the FBI, flood the media, and they were all fake tips that Donald Trump was colluding with the Russians. They had the PP tape, the Alpha Bank hoax, that this Alpha Bank was connected somehow to a Trump Tower servers, Alpha Bank in Russia, and they were communicating. You understand they're all fake hoaxes. George Papadopoulos had told the Australian that uh, Hillary was colluding with the, you know, that, uh, excuse me, Trump was colluding with the Russians. It's all fake. It was all made up. 
But they tried this flood the zone strategy, kind of like in the NFL in the last minutes of a game when you throw a Hail Mary and you flood the zone with receivers. They wanted to make sure the tips got everywhere, to the media, to the FBI, to the DOJ, and to anyone who would listen. So there'd be this pressure to push forward with an FBI investigation to uh, investigate Trump for this Russian collusion thing, okay? I want you to pay very close attention to this incredible connection here. Here's the DOJ release about the indictment of the, of the Democratic attorney, Michael Sussman, who's alleged to have lied to the FBI when he brought him a bunch of this, this uh, collusion nonsense, right? Pay very close attention to this. This is the DOJ that came out September 16th. As alleged in the indictment, on September 19th, 2016, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt myself here, but Joe, that's mid-September, correct? Uh, yes. September 19th? Yeah, rough. that's about the middle. Okay, sorry. I mean to take Joe. Okay, that's about the middle. That's going to be important in a minute. As alleged in the indictment on September 19, 2016, Michael Sussman, a lawyer at a large international law firm, met with the FBI general counsel. Sussman requested the meeting to provide general counsel with certain data files and white papers that allegedly demonstrated a covert communication channel between the, <coughs> the Trump org and Alpha Bank. Sussman, who represented the DNC in connection with a cyber hack, falsely stated to the general counsel he was not bringing these allegations to the FBI on behalf of any client. Critical, major, major connection here. What's the connection? This mid-September meeting, FBI gets a, a, a call for a meeting from this guy, Michael Sussman, who's now being indicted, a lawyer working on behalf of Hillary Clinton and others. When Sussman goes to the FBI and brings them all this collusion nonsense and these hoaxes, right? According to the indictment, he, tell, he denies this, but he tells the FBI, oh, I'm not working on behalf of anyone specific, which makes the FBI think what, fellas? Makes them think, oh, this is just a public citizen bringing in data. We better take this seriously, bringing in data indicating there's a crime going on. Mid-September. So they're flooding the zone. Sussman's bringing it to the FBI. Halper and Fusion GPS are bringing it to their FBI sources. Halper is the alleged spy in the case working for the FBI. He's targeting Papadopoulos and others. There's an incredible article from March of 2020 by Margot Cleveland and the Federalist. It's in the newsletter today, bongito.com slash newsletter. Please read it. It's long, but it's worth your time. And by the way, I cover this extensively extensively. This is the biggest connection to the whole case. In my book, Follow the Money. I'm not trying to sell you any books. Buy it at the, excuse me, get it used, get it at the library. I don't care. Follow the money. Read the book. This is in the entire deets and they're disturbing. I break it down, like I, I think, like no one else. But in this piece, <clears throat> keep that mid-September thing in mind with Sussman, okay? Sussman goes to the FBI mid-September. Hey, collusion, blah, blah, blah. But this is interesting. So much. So this guy Halper, who's the spy alleged to be working with the FBI to set up the Trump team, he had a handler. He had a handler, this FBI agent, Stephen Soma. Go to screenshot number one from this Margot Cleveland piece. In the, uh, so, Soma's his handler, this FBI agent. I mean, you know, he's the guy communicating with this guy Halper. Again, who's alleged to be the spy spying on the Trump team, right, for the FBI. It says the FBI, this is according to the Horowitz report, First received reporting from Christopher Steele regarding alleged Russian interference in the 2016 U.S. election in early July of 2016. That's before September. So they're saying, all right, the FBI got this information from Steele in 2016. But the Crossfire Hurricane team, this is the team investigating Trump in D.C. They say they didn't become aware of this reporting, these collusion allegations, until September 19th, 2016. That's the same day Sussman brought them in. But before then, only Steele's handler and select agents in the New York field office knew of Steele's reporting. You want to know where Soma worked before joining the Crossfire Hurricane team in D.C. in August of 2016? The FBI, New York field office, where he served as a special agent for counterintelligence with a focus on Russia. You picking up what I'm putting down here? If you're not, let me just tell you. So... The Clinton team, in conjunction with these lawyers, these spies, and Fusion GPS, desperately want the FBI to open up a case. They're talking to anybody in the FBI who will listen. According to this report, Halper's bringing information uh, to Stephen Soma. 
It's an allegation. Halper denies a lot of this, of course. He hasn't denied this, uh, believe specifically. But he brings this information to Stephen Soma, according to this report here, his FBI agent in New York. This is in July. The FBI say, no, we didn't get anything till September until Sussman came to us, which is really strange because Soma used to work in New York, got the information in July, and then goes down to D.C. to work the case in D.C. You think he didn't have information before September? Here, check this out. Who steals Handler? Steals the Fusion GPS guy. Well, the New York field office, where Soma used to work, received Steele's reporting in July when Steele's handler, Michael Gaeta, an FBI agent, sent on July 28th of 2016, sent two memos to the ASAC of the New York field office, assistant special, assistant special agent in charge. When the ASAC assured Gaeta the reports would be walled off from agents in the New York field office, Margot Cleveland asked, might Soma nonetheless have known of Steele's reporting? Was that why he was so anxious to obtain a FISA warrant on page? So just to be clear, they're flooding the zone everywhere. They're telling an FBI agent, Gaeta, in London, oh, look, Trump's colluding with the Russians. They're telling this agent in New York, Soma, back in July, Trump's colluding with the Russians. Soma is then, tra then tra transferred down to Washington, D.C. to work the case. They're saying, oh, we didn't hear nothing about nothing about nothing. That doesn't seem right, does it? Here's where it gets really delicious. I want you to look at this Horowitz footnote. This is from the Inspector General report. It says in mid-September of 2016, there's that mid-September again, Andrew McCabe, who was the deputy director of the FBI, told the senior special agent one to instruct the FBI agents from the field office, probably talking about New York, not to have any further contact with the former confidential human source and not to accept any information regarding the crossfire hurricane information. You get what's going on here? They're sending everyone to the FBI to, to talk to agents saying Trump's colluding with the Russians. They're making it up. They're sending them to D.C. They're sending them to Crossfire Hurricane agents. They're sending them to New York. They're sending them to London, which reminds me, what does Gina Haspel know? Gina Haspel was the uh, CIA chief in London at the time. What does she know, right? They're sending them everywhere. But what's the problem they have? Well, one of them, when they go to the FBI, um, one of the uh, confidential human sources tells them in July that they're working for the Clinton campaign. Andrew McCabe, I believe, says, oh, my gosh, we got a problem. We can't say that because then we'll have to tell a judge, right? We'll have to tell the judge that, hey, we got this information about Trump colluding with the Russians, but we got it from the Clinton campaign. A judge would have laughed him out of court. So what happens in September? That's why I believe this Durham indictment is bigger. Bigger than you think. In September, Dora, uh, uh, Sussman, the lawyer, shows up. September 19th, mid-September. He tells the FBI, hey, I've got information here and I'm not working for anyone. McCabe, I believe, knows what's going on, knows the FBI is going to have to open up a case soon because Clinton's telling him to. But he can't open up a case if he's using a source who says they're working for Clinton. Sussman comes in and says, I'm not working for anyone. And what does McCabe tell everyone else? Oh, great. We got someone. Excellent. The verdict is in. We got a source who's not corrupted. Don't talk to any of those other sources again. Amazing tip uncovered by uh, Fool Nelson on Twitter. Stunning. If you're looking for a firearm that's easy to transport, you got to check out the U.S. Survival Rifle from Henry Repeating Arms. It's a portable rifle you can put together and take apart in a few minutes. And then when you're not using it, you can store the parts in the little case it comes in. It's so small, it can be stored anywhere, in a go bag, anywhere. It's light enough to carry everywhere. Comes in black and two different camo patterns. You can pick one up for three to $400, depending on the finish. You can watch a few videos at henryusa.com survival. And while you're there, be sure to order their free catalog. Henry makes more than 200 rifles, shotguns, and revolvers, and they're all made in America, backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. Go to their website. It's henryusa.com, and be sure to order a free catalog. They'll send it with free decals and a list of dealers in your area. That's henryusa.com for a free catalog and decals and to see the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. Folks, I hope I'm not uh, leading you astray with this, but this is very simple what happened. The FBI wants to investigate Donald Trump. They need to use a source so they can tell the judge they have a source. 
But one of the sources who comes to them early, New York, London, and elsewhere back in July, one of the sources tells them, oh, yeah, yeah, we're working for Hillary. They can't use that. So finally, Sussman and those people, someone gets wind of it. They need a pure source. White is the driven snow. Sussman shows up in mid-September. Oh, I'm not working for anyone, according to the allegation, even though it appears he was. And then McCabe all of a sudden tells everyone else, cut off all contact with other compromise sources. We've got the source now. Folks, this is set up the whole time. And anyone telling you the FBI got duped is totally full of crap and ignore them. It is now clear as day the FBI was desperate to investigate Trump. We know it and was just looking for a source to do it, whether the information the source brought was accurate or was total BS. I had Sarah Carter on my Fox show unfiltered this week. I hadn't heard this yet either. Trump was clearly framed for this collusion thing, but she brought up an interesting little tidbit I had not heard. Here's Sarah Carter talking about, remember, there's two key allegations to the Trump collusion thing, that Russia had a file on Donald Trump that included a tape of him uh, getting, a bed getting peed on with prostitutes with him in it. That's the pee-pee hoax, right? The second thing was that the Trump Tower computers were communicating with Alpha Bank in Russia and exchanging information. Both of those tips were total fakes and frauds, completely made up. Sarah Carter brought up on the show, what if that Alpha Bank communication channel, they alleged, was a setup the whole time? I had never heard this. Check this out. So what Alpha did was they actually put into their system, like uh, they, they basically put in a tracer into their system so that they would see where these pings were coming from. Because, Dan, the pings had to be coming from somewhere. These connections were there, but they weren't delivering any content. So there was basically a ping from Trump's server going over to Alpha Bank with absolutely no content whatsoever. So Alpha Bank put their own guys on it. And when they did that, they did it uh, three different occasions. They actually traced it back to inside the United States. These pings were actually moving from back and forth from the United States to their bank. It was as if they were being hacked to be set up to look like this. Sarah Card will be a guest on my radio show today. Hmm. So not only was the pee-pee tape totally made up, there is no pee-pee tape of Trump with prostitutes, but the Alpha Bank Trump Tower server connection may have been a frame, a fra- an effort to frame Donald Trump the entire time, and there may be forensic evidence of that. Okay. This case, I, that's why I said, do I have any faith whatsoever Hillary and, and, and the big shots will get prosecuted? Let me just be clear with you. Zero. Zero faith. But I'm not going to lie to you either and say just to feed into, you know, the narrative du jour that what happened Friday wasn't a big deal. It is. And I think Dora may have some other people in his sights. I don't know exactly who that is. But I think Andy McCabe is in a lot of trouble. Someone should ask Andy McCabe immediately if this is accurate, that he told people to stand down on other sources and why he told them to do that right after Sussman showed up. Oh, look, we got a source. This is a good one. All right, moving on. By the way, again, pick up a copy of my book, Follow the Money, you know, wherever you get your books, preferably not on Amazon, library, whatever it is. Read the chapter on Soma and uh, FBI agent Gata in London. It shows you how they tried to flood the zone everywhere, Hillary and her team with this fake information, hoping someone from the FBI would open a case. All right, folks, the mask is totally off Hollywood. These snobs, these elites, uh, off. I I mean, no one takes these people seriously anymore. I just remember, Joe, you were a little older than me. You know, I even remember even in like the 70s and the 80s, a little bit. I mean, obviously, I was born in 74. But, you know, celebrities had an aura around them. You were like, oh, my gosh, look, these people acted like they had like special Avenger-like powers, you know? Mm -hmm. Back in the day, you looked at them and you put them on a pedestal. Now we realize... um, that's all total nonsense. The mask is off. They're snobs. They're elites. They're total zeros. Here's a quick video from the Emmys last night. Keep in mind, no masks here in many of these places, which which could they? I, I, I'm glad. I just want to be careful here. I'm glad you're waking up to reality and everybody's living their life. I'm not living in my house waiting to die. You want to do that? I and, and keep in mind, I know this in the coronavirus era that if I die of coronavirus, 
Hopefully it doesn't happen. I know leftists will celebrate. Gee, play this. Joe, play this on the air. I know you will. I know in advance you will celebrate my death. After I'm gone, you can play. You can do like a thanks, Dan Bongino, for the whatever show. Don't care. Play this clip. They will celebrate my death because I am a conservative. But the fact that Hollywood elite snobs keep telling us how Joe Biden is so wonderful and everybody needs to wear masks. And yet whenever they get together, they don't do it. And yet their servants do is disgusting. I want you to watch this. I don't know who this woman is. It's a red carpet. She's got some big, long train on the dress and a servant in a mask has to come by a mask. She has no mask on whoever this uh, celebrity is. I don't even know who it is. But watch them have to adjust the dress and the mask while they just sit there maskless. And it's just so let them eat cake. Check this out. I love the camera people. Hold it. Just one more second. Yeah. Just one more. Let us get this snapshot while your servant in the mask is out of the picture. Folks, ignore these people. Please use your entertainment dollars scarcely. Please find people who share our values, support their entertainment projects. I just want to say as well, there are a lot of very good people. I know some of them in the entertainment. Joe was an entertainer for a long time. Joe was a singer. There are a lot of people who I, I don't want to stigmatize an entire industry like leftists do to us. There are you know, camera folks, there are people involved in lighting, there are sound artists, there are people behind the scenes, many of whom are very devout patriots and conservatives. Just because the people in front of the camera are largely a bunch of douche canoes doesn't mean everyone else behind it is terrible too. Having said that, spend your entertainment dollars wisely. These people don't give a damn about you. And the fashion industry is even worse. And not all, but many. Check this out. New York Post story. The Remember AOC's tax the rich dress? Um, well, according to the New York Post, the dress designer of the Tax the Rich dress owes debt in multiple states. <laughs> every time, every single time it happens, every time, these people never, ever lead from the front. They are total, complete frauds and phonies. All right, let me get to my next sponsor, and then uh, I want to talk about more lemmings. You know, when I was younger... I had a bumper sticker on my car I talk about often. It said, question authority. The letters were, the bumper sticker was white. The letters were red. I remember it like it was yesterday, and I really believed it. Always question authority. What is going on with many of the lemmings? Not all, but many of the lemmings on our college campuses now. Come on, guys, like Coach Stan used to say. Hey, here's another example here of the lemming, uh, the lemming culture that's developing on, a co on college campuses around the country, and it's deeply disappointing. You know, I again, I remember growing up not being want. I, I never wanted anyone to tell me what to do. I mean, you had this whole culture of the 60s, you know, fighting a man. You had, you know, bands in the 80s and 90s, you know, rage against the machine, talking about the machine. They are the machine now. I saw this story this weekend. I saw the video that accompanies it, too. Little from Little Village, Iowa City and Cedar Rapids. Student die-in on Pentecost protesting the perpetual state of trust caused by UI's lax COVID rule. So now you have students protesting, demanding they be masked and that they be subjected to more COVID rules. What is going on in our college campuses? I'm not kidding. Where you have students now who were the very spirit of rebellion against centralized authority and diktats that had no relationship to their lives, now demanding more diktats and more centralized authority. What is going on on our college campuses? What is going on? And, and seriously, to the younger folks who are patriots out there and love liberty who listen to my show, I love you. It's so great to have you. Welcome here. You're the next generation. This show is for you. To the lemmings, you may want to find a new outlet, man. I really can't believe it that there are people on college campuses protesting for more mandates. Stick a mask on my grill, folks. Put a double deuce on my face. You know, even my nephew, my nephew, who is very young, I'm not going to say how, but very young. Even he, he's telling me this week, I went out to dinner with him in Miami and my, uh, and my brother. He said, Uncle Daddy, sometimes I see people in cars with the face mask and the deuce. I'm not kidding. The deuce and the gloves on. And I tell my dad, dad, look, the deuce. Like, this is a kid who gets it. Like, people are, I'm not kidding. That happened. 
He's like, I seen him rocking the deuce, Uncle Daddy. This is a kid. A kid. He's like laughing. Are you guys kidding me? He's like, I don't wear the mask. I put it down my face a bit in school till they tell me. I'm like, good kid. Breathe. Breathe oxygen. It helps. Guys, ladies, please stop being lemmings out there. Please, I'm begging you. Question authority. It's not just a bumper sticker. It's a lifestyle. Try it sometime. Not everyone in a position of authority has your best interests in mind. Folks, there are real effects to this never-ending fear porn campaign. You can see the lemmings doing a die-in, demanding their face be masked all the time, as if they don't have the choice to do it themselves. But there are real things going on right now in this fear porn campaign that are really impacting people's lives. I saw this study this week, Wiley Online Library. I caught it on social media. It's from April of 2021. The study's uh, titled Religion Protected Mental Health but Constrained Crisis Response During Crucial Early Days of the COVID-19 Pandemic. Talks about the effects of the fear porn campaign, the coronavirus fear porn campaign, and how people respond. And it makes me think of my time in my prior line of work in law enforcement and in, uh, as a federal agent. We had an expression, folks, for people who panic. Because panic kills. No, I mean that. Like, panic actually kills in a stressful situation. We used to call them bed hitters with an S in front of it. I want to try to keep the show somewhat family friendly, but you get the point. People who hit the bed when things panic. And I'm telling you, nobody wanted a bed hitter anywhere around them, either in the police department or in the Secret Service. Because panic kills. Why are people panicking now and why are liberals panicking more? Why are liberals doing die-ins? Why are liberals forcing their servants to be masked while they sit there unmasked at the Emmys? Because they believe these things and they're not protected by common sense and rationality. As I saw in the Wall Street Journal this weekend in a fantastic piece, when you're not moored to higher values, liberty, God-given big R rights, when you're not moored there and grounded in that, the piece in the journal, these two researchers call it being a free atom, a free atom. And you're out there and you're susceptible to any narrative of the day. You don't wear a mask, you're going to die. Coronavirus is going to kill you. You're not grounded in reality. And you can see it in this study. Look at this. Republicans and conservatives reported less distress than Democrats and liberals during the early days of the coronavirus pandemic. The most obvious explanation for this pattern is the politicization of the pandemic and the fact that Republicans and conservatives simply were not as concerned about the pandemic and less likely to think they needed to worry about social distancing and so on. Folks, be proud of yourself. Take this thing seriously. It's very serious. A lot of people have died. And if you are in high risk, you're in this, this is a very serious disease, but take pride in yourself, chest out, chin up that you didn't panic. That liberals panicked, melted down. Many of you were grounded, displayed, quote, less concern. That's not an attack on you. The study's real. Republicans took everything in stride, digested it, figured out their risk calculus, and moved on from there. As I said to you in my parlor post a couple weeks ago, which I've been talking about on the show, live your lives. It's a serious disease. It's killed a lot of people. It'll kill many more. It could kill you. Could kill me. I'm high risk. Good. But if you're going to sit in your house and rot away in fear, I'm serious. You're already dead. You may be a breathing organism, but you're already effectively dead. You're not living your life. You're just waiting to die. I'm not going to do that. Everybody knows how to be responsible. Pandemics will be with us forever. Viruses will be with us forever. Live your life. Enjoy it. Don't steal the childhood from your kids. Speaking of which, have you seen this video? Folks, I have to tell you, this is one of the most disturbing things I've seen in this pandemic yet. This is a video of a child in uh, daycare having a mask forced around his face, despite the fact that he's probably around two years old and wants to breathe. This is troubling. Um, it's about a minute long. I want you to watch it. I want you to watch all of it. And I want to say to the people doing this to our kids, you're demonic. You are actual child abusers. You are abusing our kids. Now, I don't know who this is. There's some question about who's putting the mask on the face. 
Is it the mom? Is it a daycare worker? And many of them just go, you know, just following orders or whatever. But I don't know who this is. So I want to be clear on that. But this is just demonic, what they're doing to kids. Check this out. <laughs> put yeah. the mask on. Yeah. No, you gotta put, you gotta wear it on the honey. No, you gotta keep it on. Put your mask on. There you go. Keep it right there. Yay, Mason! Yay! You see on Mason. Look, we're gonna keep it right here. Oh, hey, hey, hey! I'm just, you hear the lady in the background? Oh, it's going to keep you safe. No, it isn't. You have no evidence. You just made that up. You're forcibly putting a muzzle on a kid's face who's two years old who just wants to breathe. And you're doing it, lying to him, telling a two-year-old it's going to keep him safe. You know what it's going to do? It may keep you safe from the from the uh, negative feelings you have towards coronavirus may make you feel safe. Yeah, exactly. It's a good point. Gee's like, and the person putting the mask on has got to touch the kid's face about a thousand times. But Gee, stop, stop with the science, please. Stop insulting me with the science and data. He apologized. Thank you. He, <laughs> introducing science and data. Common sense. We're touching a kid's face in a child care institution with our hands a thousand times to prevent disease. Stop, Gee. Stop the silliness here. Facts and data. Probably touching everyone else's face, keeping the masks on. Folks, it's child abuse. It's child abuse. It's demonic. It's satanic. And I understand a lot of moms out there, you're in a bad spot. And my heart is with you. You have to go to work. You have to drop your kids off at a daycare. My kid was in daycare for a little bit too, my, uh, my eldest. We didn't have a choice. We had to survive. But my gosh, this is child abuse. You know, folks, I don't typically agree with liberals on anything, but I can't sanction child abuse. I've seen it up close and personal. You know, my old life, physical abuse, and it's, it's tough. It's um, a scar it leaves on your, you know, your soul that never quite you know, heals up. But Sarah Silverman, who's a leftist comedian, she may have thought this was a joke, but she was doing her podcast. And she's a leftist, like a devout leftist. And uh, she's like, you know what? Maybe it's time the country broke up. I mean, we don't share anything in common anymore. And I say to Sarah Silverman, you know what? I think we agree. Maybe the left and the right can come to agreement that we don't disagree. Maybe it is time to break up. Maybe it's time to shrink the federal government to a bathtub, our military, a set of common courts, and the rest is just leave us all alone. Check this out. I mean, this may be a negative thought, but or maybe a positive one. I don't know. But if people aren't getting along, uh, like in relationship, they break up, you know? So, like, why don't we just finally just realize that this these states aren't working and like divide up into like two or three countries of like USA one and USA two. And they can be USA one. Like the conservatives can be USA one because they love being number one. And it means something to them. And I'd love to have that be theirs. They can be USA one. We'll be USA two and we'll be allies. You disagree. I mean, maybe it's time, right? You know, I also find this uh, troubling. 
You know, the media, they pile on any Republican state anytime there's a surge in a Republican state. But is this uh, I am, what is it, SC on social media, on Twitter points out, Vermont's exploding right now, which is horrible. We don't want to see anyone infected with coronavirus, no less than an explosion of new cases. Um, You'll see that was done after vaccinations took effect, and they probably have some mask mandates up there as well. And you'll see, according to this tweet, the cases are spiking with 88% of adults partially vaccinated and 79% fully vaccinated. They're just about to set a new high in COVID cases. You see the media piling on Vermont? Of course you don't. Vermont's a blue state. Now, Florida's on the downtrend significantly. You don't hear anything. Showing you how disgusting the media is. Playing into child abuse and false narratives to leverage a pandemic to attack their political opponents. You disgust me. You're human filth in the media. You are. The people who do this, you're filth. And it's gross. All right. On a lighter note, that was kind of heavy. I've got maybe the funniest commercial ever. I want to hat tip again, Norm McDonald, who is uh, since passed due to cancer last week. One of the greatest comedians ever. He did a commercial on his podcast once, folks. Uh, Joe, did you see it? Yeah, I was laughing my butt off. Probably, the, would you agree? Maybe the funniest commercial you've it's ever seen? pretty se- funny, yeah. <laughs> stay, stay tuned. So without further ado, Norm McDonald, God rest his soul. He did a, a podcast, the Norm McDonald Show. And uh, I saw this on social media this weekend. Apparently, he had a sponsor, a company called Mangrates with a G. I, I may go buy those today, Mangrates. They're not one of my sponsors, but the company's still in existence. Uh, this may be the greatest commercial ever. I, Mangrates should have uh, bought six or seven more spots after this. I'm serious. It's funny, but it sounds very non commercially which makes people pay attention more here's norm mcdonald with his the greatest commercial ever for man greats check this out great have you heard of the man great yes i have you have yeah. do you have a father <laughs> man great is the perfect gift for this father's day is he alive yeah yeah a hundred percent made in america if he was dead it would have been a really bad moment in the commercial <laughs> your dad's alive no <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry about your dad. That's fine. Your father's dead. Is your mom still alive? My mom? Yeah. No, she's dead. Is any of your relatives alive? It's man grace. They're revolutionizing the way people grill. What, Adam Egan? It's true. You haven't heard of the revolution? You can put chicken on this or steak? That's not that unique. It weighs a lot of pounds. Is that heavy? Again. 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 No more flare-ups. You know, you know when your barbecue has always been flare-ups? Why are you laughing? You're making a mockery out of the man grade. Chicken steak has never tasted so good. (laughs) I swear, I swear, I'm buying a man great today. Man great. That's the great. I don't know if they were. You should not be upset. Listen, I've been in this business, Joe and I, a long time. I'm telling you, the sponsors with our show who get the. I don't care if you're supposed to talk about this or not. I'm talking about the sponsors on our show. They get the best results. I swear. Just let me do my thing. Man great should have bought like. A, a, a million dollars in ads on Norm McDonald's show. That is the funniest. <laughs> That's the funniest commercial I have ever seen. He goes, man, great. So he's like, your dad grill. Is your dad alive? No, he's dead. Yeah. Is your mom alive? No, she's dead. Yeah, damn it. Do you have anybody in your family still alive? <laughs> By the way, Jim, producer Jim, who listens, texted me. He thought the Omax commercial was just as funny. I don't know. I don't. No one's as funny as Norm McDonald. But I just like I, I listen. Nobody really likes listening to ads. You got to make it feel natural and part of the show. They pay you a lot of money to be here. You know, we hope we vet our products and stuff. But that's hilarious. They should have bought Man Great. Should I'm going to buy one today. A Man Great. <laughs> man Great. 
He goes, chicken? Steak? Well, that's not revolutionary. <laughs> he asks him. He says it's a revolution in barbecuing. <laughs> he, asks the, he asks the guest. <laughs> Have you witnessed the revolution? Or <laughs> All right. No, I just, I, I seriously debated. I know uh, Norm again. God rest the man's soul. I know Norm would, uh, would, would like for us to do that. I debated bringing it up, uh, but uh, that was definitely worth the time. All right, uh, one more story to, to get to, and uh, don't miss my radio show today. I got Sarah Carter on. This show's been all over the place. Spygate, folks. I'm telling you that Spygate story was a huge deal. Not to like go up and down and back and forth, but you know me, I have very like serious ADHD. I'm telling you that Spygate story is huge. They hit every, they were telling every, any FBI agent who would listen to investigate Trump. They finally get someone. One of the guys giving it to the FBI mistakenly says he's working for the Clinton campaign. And then they find a guy, a lawyer who according to this allegation says he isn't. And they're like, no, no, use that guy. Forget those other guys. It, it's, it's right in front of our face. How did nobody pick this up? But fool Nelson stunning. All right, moving on. Last story. Bill Maher, who has become a, um, even as a liberal, a shocking beacon of truth nuggets. Um, Bill Maher on his show this weekend had a couple guests on, two, uh, you know, people who know, ver- you know very little about taxes. I, I, never, I don't recognize either one of them, but they were liberals. And the whole tax the rich argument's coming up again because Joe Biden wants to dramatically tax, uh, uh, tax rich people. He said so on Friday. And uh, Maher, again, calls out Biden and others and says, listen, just stop lying. What I've been begging for liberals to do for a long time. You want to tax the rich? Fine, make your case. But stop insulting people who are successful in this company by say, country, excuse me, by suggesting them and their companies don't pay, pay taxes. That's absurd. That's outrageous. It's factually incorrect. You're making it up. Here's Bill Maher calling out the left on this. Check this out. This is a new thing that people have been doing. They've been wearing... I guess their message, their life philosophy, tax the rich. I just want to read the, I had some sets here. Oh, New York City, 65,000, the richest 65,000 New Yorkers uh, out of 8 million people pay 51% of taxes. And what proportion is that? I'm just saying 65,000 out of 8 million pay half. And their taxes are So it's are not like we low. don't tax the rich at all. Mm-hmm. We've been no. slashing taxes okay. on the rich for 50 years, yeah, though. Okay. The rich are richer okay. now than they have ever been. And the lie we've been yeah, told I, the whole time we've been cutting okay. taxes on the rich was that if the rich just have the most money they can possibly have, we will all benefit, we okay. will all have jobs. Well, and again. it's a lie, and it hasn't come and, true. No, no. And we need to go back to the high tax rates that we used to have. That's fine. I'm all for ending income inequality, but let's not lie. The rich pay a lot of the taxes. Notice what the guest does there, right? Bill Maher's guest. Bill Maher's guest is uncomfortable with the fact that he doesn't know what he's talking about. The guest, that is, not Maher. And that the rich do, in fact, pay a lot, a whole lot. Matter of fact, the overwhelming majority of taxes, and it's not even close. The top 1% pay how much, folks? How much? 40. 40. 40% of the income tax load. The top zero, the, the, uh, uh, the top 1%. The top 10%, excuse me, pay 70. 70% of the taxes. So notice what the guest does. He changes the talking point. Oh, well, it's not that the rich don't pay a lot. It's just they're paying a lot less than they always have. That's a lie, too. Here's the tax foundation data. Be in the newsletter again. It's like day six in a row. Scott Hodge, March of 2021. Well, in case you're thinking the rich make more, therefore they should pay more, the top 1% account for only 20% of income, yet pay 40% of the taxes. He talks about the top 0.1%, and he says the amount they pay is the highest level since 2001, as far back as the IRS data allows them to measure. The top 0.1%, excuse me, 0.1% paid a greater share of the income tax burden than the bottom 75% of taxpayers combined. Leftists out there, please stop lying. It's unbecoming. It makes you look like losers. Please stop lying. If your talking point is, and and you know what really shocked me? Can I be candid with you for a moment? 
I got a lot, not just a few, but a lot of emails from conservatives this weekend because I brought this point up on my show, Unfiltered, on Fox. Conservatives are people who said they were conservative in the email. Say, yeah, Dan, the rich may pay a lot, but that Warren Buffett. What? So you acknowledge the rich pay the overwhelming amount of taxes. And you bring up a single example, and I ask you this. Are you Warren Buffett's accountant? I'm no friend to Warren Buffett. Don't know him, never met him. I don't care what Warren Buffett pays in taxes. Are you his accountant? No, you're not. So you have no idea what he pays. And what if I told you Warren Buffett makes a lot of his money from investments, not income? So you want to tax investments now? No, no, no. You just want to tax Warren Buffett's investments. Folks, we don't make laws for one person. We don't make anti-Gee laws and anti-Joe laws and anti-Warren Buffett laws. We make laws that apply to all people. Do you not get that? So now, because Warren Buffett invests in the stock market, you want to tax Warren Buffett's investments at a higher level, knowing it'll affect your investments too. Oh, I didn't think of that. Of course you didn't think of that. He makes his money off investments. What happens when Warren Buffett loses money? Oh, yeah, he only gets to write off a certain amount. That's at-risk income. That's why it's taxed at a lesser rate. It's not income. Warren Buffett is not working at a, you know, a local fast food joint flipping burgers. I don't even know this guy. I'm not defending this guy. I'm simply suggesting when, like my guest did on the rebuttal, you bring up individual examples. Jeff Bezos did this and Warren Buffett did that. You're talking about changing laws that will affect them. Yeah. Yeah, you want to tax Warren Buffett at twice the rate he's making now? Go right ahead. Just know that your investments will be taxed at the same rate. Oh, what do you mean? What do you mean? We don't write laws for individual people? No, 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 we don't. And if you can explain to me ever in coherent sentences and language why you think government should have money that individuals shouldn't have it and what shouldn't have and what the government will do better with that money than individuals, what I'd love to hear it. You can. <clears throat> All right, folks, thanks again for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Don't miss the radio show later today. Sarah Carter's coming on the guest. And please subscribe to my podcast on Rumble. It is free. Rumble.com slash Bongino. You can comment on the videos. It is the free speech alternative to YouTube. We are almost at 2 million subscribers. I really appreciate it. I'll see you all tomorrow. You just heard Dan Bongino.